So my philosophy is this. Referrals only come from relationships. Relationships are only maintained by ongoing connections or touch points. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, Taking Care of Business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 126. Our guest today is Stacy Brown Randall, three-time entrepreneur, member of the Business Failure Club, and author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. Stacy has perfected the art of building up a self-maintaining clientele that consistently grows and drives revenues. She will be sharing with us how to earn referrals without asking for them and how to bounce back from failure. Good morning, Stacy. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thanks, guys, for having me. Fantastic to have you with us this morning. We've enjoyed our little chat beforehand, and this looks fun. Stacy, where did you get involved with this line of business, and what business were you in before it? So, you know, it's interesting about what I teach people now, what I teach business owners and solopreneurs now about how to generate referrals without asking. And I think that's the key piece of what makes me different from most out there is the without asking part. You know, when people ask me, how'd you start doing that? And I always tell them it's actually by sheer necessity that came off of really hard lessons learned from a business failure. This is the second business that I've had. I had a business prior to this and it was almost five years old. It almost made it to the five-year mark. It was an HR consulting firm and it would go on to fail a number of years later, specifically because I realized I didn't learn how to touch business development every day and to touch it every day in a way that, let's be honest, was going to work for me, but also produce results. Because if it works for me and doesn't produce results, what's really the point? And there's so many business development tactics and activities that we can do, but what are the ones that are actually going to matter and the ones that you're willing to do every day? And so when I looked back on my business failure, I was like, oh my gosh, I worked entirely too hard for every client that I did land. And I never figured out a way to make it easy for me. If there was an easy way, I had not figured it out. And then I came across referrals and I realized, well, I didn't receive one referral with any of my clients that I landed in my first business. And I landed some pretty big name clients. I mean, from the outside looking in with my consulting firm, you actually would have thought it was very successful. I have clients like KPMG, Snyder's Lance, Ally Bank, Coca-Cola Bottling. So I had some big name clients and I was you know, on Bloomberg News and I was publishing articles. So there was a lot from the outside looking in, but The truth is if a company doesn't have revenue and it doesn't have a way to really kind of systematize its sales process to know what to do to bring in clients, it doesn't really matter. And so when I looked back and I realized, wow, not one client came through referral. Let me learn more about these referrals because I had to get a job after my business failure before I would go out on my own again and start the business that I have that is now turned into teaching people my referral process. And so when I started my second business, I was like, I'm going to figure out this referral piece. And like everybody else, I just found the advice that I didn't like, which is go ask for it. And because I wasn't willing to ask, but I wasn't willing to give up, and I certainly couldn't go through another business failure, 
I was like, let me just see if I can figure out a different way to do this. And that's really how I got started in it. I don't necessarily have a background in it at all. I mean, I was a journalism major when I was in college. I thought I would be the next Katie Couric. I mean, I figured she had to retire at some point. Somebody was going to have to replace her, but I decided to get out of that. And my very first job out of college, I actually worked for a lobbying firm. And then I did a lot in sales and marketing and then a lot in HR before starting my first business taking a break, having to get a job, and then starting my second business, which I've been doing for now six years. It's interesting. You definitely have Katie Couric's energy, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And part of that journalism background of research and really finding out exactly what are the background and what are the foundational issues here. And when it comes into referrals, on the surface, they sound so easy. But in reality, it's probably one of the larger fear factors for business owners or entrepreneurs coming out. You know, it's interesting. It is. I always ask, and I've been asking for years now, so I have hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of responses from people on what is the one thing that consistently holds you back from generating referrals? And the majority of the answers, they kind of fall in a couple of categories, but the biggest one is, is the fear factor. And it's the fear factor of having to ask or having to know a lot of people to ask or having to spend a lot of time networking to be able to have people to ask. And when you think about how a referral works, asking should be the last thing you're actually doing if you want to actually generate or receive a real referral. And so when I have an opportunity to talk to people about that, I was like, I know that you think referrals are sporadic or it has happened and there's no rhyme or reason to them. I'm like, there's always a rhyme or reason if you look at the pattern to past referrals you have received. And if you're wondering why the asking isn't working, it's because it violates everything about a referral. So when I tell folks, remove that fear, have zero fear about your referrals because you're not going to ask. That doesn't mean we're not going to do work. I mean, we are going to do work to be able to generate referrals, but we're not going to have to do the asking part of the work or that gimmicky over-promotionalizing side of our referrals. We're going to do it in a way that's more authentic to us. And I think that's when people are like, oh, so I actually can generate referrals. It doesn't have to be this sporadic thing or this thing I have to fear. So Stacy, I have to admit, this sounds like kind of a magic trick. How how does one generate a referral without asking for it? I always wanted to be a magician. Unfortunately, (laughs) I am not. So don't worry. (laughs) This is not magic. I think what it comes down to is understanding what a true referral is and why it actually happens. And so let's think about this, okay? So when we're thinking about a referral, right, and why it happens, think about the last person you referred someone to. You may have to go way back in your memory. Maybe you guys did this most recently, but you think about the last person you refer to. So when I think about this, I think about being at my kid's school and I was volunteering for the book fair, which I don't spend a lot of time volunteering at my kid's school. So this is one I really wanted to do. So I was volunteering at the kid's book fair and I was having a conversation with another mom who was there volunteering, who's also a business owner. She owns a home staging company and helps real estate agents stage homes. And we're having a conversation. We're talking about, you know, being business owners and being moms. And I have three kids under the age of 11. So there's a lot happening in my world. So we're having this conversation about being moms and being business owners and wanting to be business owners and juggling it all. And, you know, I just happened to ask the question, what do you struggle with the most? And so she said, oh, it's just keeping all of the financial pieces together and all that bookkeeping stuff. And I'm like, well, don't you outsource your bookkeeping? She looked at me and she was like, no. I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who you need to talk to. It's exactly who I use, right? So did I walk into my child's book fair that day and think to myself, I'm going to refer my bookkeeper to somebody because I had coffee a week ago and she asked me to. 
No, I had a conversation with somebody that I know that had a problem and I got to be the hero and I knew how to solve it. And so I made the referral to my bookkeeper so I could help my friend, this other mom, take a load off, right? I get to look like the hero. I get to help somebody. And that is actually why a referral happens. It happens because somebody that someone's having a conversation with is actually having a conversation and someone's like, I've got this problem. Or during the conversation, they help them uncover that they have a problem. And then they try to help them solve it. And at the heart of a referral, that is what's actually happening. It's somebody has a problem and I'm going to try to solve it. And the fact that I'm going to refer in my bookkeeper, well, it has nothing to do about my bookkeeper. It's just bonus that my bookkeepers probably land a new client. And when a referral walks in the door ready to hand you their money, that is what has happened. When they walk in the door and they're a little skeptical about you and they're not sure and you got to do that no like, and trust factor, you got to do your dog and pony show, they're not walking in as a real referral. When they're walking in the door saying, Stacy said you could solve my problem, here's my money, let's do this. I mean, they still have to decide they can afford you and that they want the service and that they're willing to do the work involved, right, for that to happen. But they walk in the door and they're like, just take my money because I have this problem and somebody I trust says you can solve it. And there's two things I don't want to do when I'm making a decision. And it doesn't matter if it's in my personal life or my business life. When I'm making a decision to hire someone, right, or to work with someone or to buy something, I don't want to make a mistake and I don't want to waste my money. So if somebody can tell me, oh, Stacey, yeah, she can totally solve your problem. Or, oh yeah, my bookkeeper can totally solve that problem. I'm eliminating your fears of moving forward, which is why when a real referral shows up, they're like, here, take my money. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Because a need has been identified in them and they've been connected to someone they trust who can solve the problem by someone they trust. So I really see two major, major upsides in systematizing this, right? And adopting this strategy. For one thing, you're going to dramatically shorten your sales cycle from where you get the prospect to where you get them to sign because you're moving up down the funnel. Yes. Because as you said, you're addressing those biggest fears up front before they even meet you. So they're essentially ready to make a purchase decision as soon as they meet you. You would almost have to do something to get them to opt out at that point. (laughs) They're always yours to lose. Right, right. So that's a huge advantage. And the second thing I see about this is, you know, what I see with business owners again and again is what they don't realize is that they actually are in the customer acquisition business all the time. Like they spend all of their time trying to get customers. And it's extraordinarily time consuming, especially when they're also trying to juggle delivery, especially in the case of solopreneurs. But even as business owners start to grow with employees and expand their business, it's still very difficult to outsource that, especially in a service business. And so what this is going to do is also free up your time considerably and reduce your cost of acquiring those new customers, which guess what that does? That, that helps your margins go up. Absolutely. I always tell folks like why you should care about having a referral plan in your business and be executing on it year in and year out is exactly what you said. You're going to make more money and you're going to save time. And you're probably going to figure out that you enjoy doing it much better than cold calling or networking every night of the week. I love it. Stacy. can you give us an example of a business that you've worked with that was struggling that has put this process in place? Actually, I can give you two stories because it's going to come at it from two different angles of what you just said about the ability to make more money and save more time. So let me tell you a story about Amanda. Amanda is an attorney. And when I started working with her, she was actually referred to me as most of my businesses, unless they hear me on a podcast or see me speak on stage. But Amanda was referred to me by a financial advisor who had also worked with me. She was a partner in a law firm, but it was a smaller firm, just a couple of partners and a couple of staff members. 
And she had all of her cases that she received typically came from one other partner in the firm. And he was considerably older than her and he was eventually going to retire. And as the years went on, she started to get a little panicky about what that was going to mean for her practice because she hadn't figured out a way to bring in her own cases for the most part. I mean, she did bring in some, right? She wasn't completely inept at this at all. And she was a great attorney. And so she did have a good reputation. But really, her cases came from a partner in her firm that was one day going to retire. And what was her business development strategy going to look like? And she is more of an introvert than an extrovert. And so she didn't want to spend every night networking or going to all the bar association events. And she definitely didn't want to have to go play golf with anybody. Like She was like, what am I going to do? And so she was having a conversation with this financial advisor that we knew in common. And the financial advisor said, you got to go have a conversation with Stacy." So we sat down and we identified that, yes, you need cases to come by referral, but before I can get you to actually have cases coming through referrals, I need you to have referral sources. I need you to have people who actually refer you. So we had to take a step back in her business. And this is the process, like how I teach people. Some people have referral sources and I'm like, go here. This is the process on your way. Other people come and they're like, I don't have any referral sources or very few. I'm like, okay, we got to back up a step. And I teach a process where they can actually learn how to build their referral sources. And so she had about six or seven referrals that she would receive every year. And they would come from one, maybe two referral sources. And I said, what's your goal? Like, what would be the best thing ever? She's like, well, I can only take 12 cases a year. I said, so any referral over that number allows you to pick and choose. She was like, oh my gosh, that would be great. To be able to pick and choose and not take anything, that would be amazing. I said, okay, so our goal is to get you somewhere over 12 to 15 cases coming in every year. But we had to start with developing her referral sources and she had to do some work. She had to get out there and she had to meet people. And what my method taught her was to do it in a way that was authentic to her and take it step by step. And so she took it step by step and she went from, you know, one or two referral sources to more than a dozen referral sources. And that number continued to grow as much as she wanted it to. And then her first six months, we took her from six or seven referrals to right at 12. And she was like, this is amazing. I'm like, don't you dare stop. I was like, this stuff builds on itself. That's the beauty of referrals. And when you get people in the habit of referring you, they continue to do it year after year after year. So then the next year, she followed the process again. So this was back in 2014. So we got up to 12 cases referred to her in 2014, which is great. 2015, she follows the process. She keeps going. She's building referral sources. She's getting referrals from those referral sources following my process. And at the end of 2015, she's up to 30 cases that were referred to her. She's like, this is amazing. And every year since she has hit since 2015, now we're in 2018, she's on target. She hits between 27 and 30 cases referred to her every year. So much so that last year she got to bring on another attorney to help her in her practice. Pretty much the only one in the firm that's been able to do that. Bring on another attorney to help in her practice so that she can be out there more and she has someone behind the scenes helping her with case prep and all those things. And now the other three attorneys in her firm are starting to go through my methodology as well because now, of course, they're believers. But the goal of Amanda was we needed to get her more referral sources so that she could get more referrals. And then she had to maintain the process of the plan. I call it the referral generating plan that we built within her business. And what's really interesting about Amanda's story is her mom actually was diagnosed with, unfortunately, something that she would eventually die from later on. But there was like a whole nine-month period where Amanda really just stepped away from her business. And she was taking care of her mom. But she wasn't doing any of the referral touch points and things that I teach. She was basically just maintaining cases and getting through the year and just surviving that year. And when she came out of it, what she told me later was she's like, I couldn't believe the relationships I had built 
and the process that you had taught me to follow, even when I stepped away from it for nine months and, and taking care of my mom, what I realized is, is that it actually kept working and I didn't miss a beat. And I still hit my 27 to 30 referral cases every year even when I feel like I lost an entire year of my business. And I was like, that's because referrals come from relationships and relationships that are maintained in the right way and that are done correctly. They're not like the one hit wonders, right? And they're not the fair weathered fans. They actually stick around and stick with you because you're doing the work to build the relationships to generate the referrals. What I provide is just a process for people to follow so they can keep control of that and that they can really stay in front of it so they know what it looks like for them. Yeah, it's just remarkable progress. And really, you know, what that does for your sanity and quality of life when things don't go so well and you have to reprioritize to take care of your family. Yeah. And she gets to be picky now about her cases. And she would tell you that's the best part. She's a personal injury attorney. She doesn't have to take everything that she's not sure that she can actually help the person. She can actually take the things and dig into the cases. And she's done some pretty large cases in her area. And really dig into those cases. And that is a joy. Every business owner knows this feeling, particularly in the beginning. You'll take anything with green dollars in their pocket. <laughs> like you're just like, I just want to make some money. And she figured out over going through the process that actually I get to pick and choose. And that allows her to be in a place where she does her best work and to love what she does more. Stacey, I'm so looking forward to diving into the process you're using and understanding more. And sounds like you've really developed something of value to so many business owners and entrepreneurs. One of the elements that's so curious to me, if you could touch on a little bit, is sort of that care and feeding of those referral sources. Yes. So my philosophy is this. Referrals only come from relationships. Relationships are only maintained by ongoing connections or touch points. And so when you think about building what I call, ultimately, when people go through my program, the referral generating plan, what that is, it is a series of touch points. And when I say touch points or outreach, I don't want you thinking that it's like, I'm going to call them and say, hey, how are you? Do you have any business for me? Right? That's not what I'm talking about. That's called keeping in touch. We're not keeping in touch with these people. We are staying top of mind with these people. And we are being memorable and meaningful with all of our outreach, which means when I'm doing things that are all about my referral source, that is memorable and meaningful so that it actually has impact, particularly on the memory. It has impact on the memory. It's memorable and meaningful. And I'm staying top of mind. I've transcended that keeping in touch stuff that most people do with their automated newsletters and their phone calls and text messages every 30 or 60 days, right? When we transcend and move up to top of mind, we're being memorable and meaningful, and we're doing what we do all about our referral sources. We're not looking for the easy button necessarily for ourselves. But what happens then is we are actually creating an experience. Now, it's not an experience for us. It's a process. And the process for us is because we're busy business owners and we need to remember what to do next. But as someone on the receiving end of it, someone who is a referral source for your business or someone you want to be a referral source for your business, on the receiving end of that, what they feel is taken care of. And overall, with those touch points, they feel like they're receiving an experience. They're not going to verbalize it that way. But what happens is, is how they feel about your business, how they continue to think about your business, right? And how they want to return the favor, which most people want to do in some way, shape or form is because you're taking care of them, which means everything I teach comes from a place of being authentic and genuine. We do not manipulate these feelings because when we do, people can see through it and it'll never work. 
So where I'm describing it as a process and this is how it works, at the ultimate part of why it works is because you actually want to take care of these people. And I don't know why you wouldn't if they're dropping new business into your lap without you having to do a whole bunch of work and a whole bunch of business development activities like cold calling. I don't know why you're not willing to take some work, put some effort into maintaining these relationships. But even with everything I just said, building that experience with those memorable and meaningful touch points that keep you top of mind and that are all about the referral source and what they need, not about what you want to do, right? This isn't about your logoed water bottle as a gift. That's not what I'm talking about, right? When you think about all those things, we still have to make sure within all that outreach that we're doing is that we're using the right language. And the right language, of course, shows acknowledgement and thankfulness and gratitude, but it also knows how to plant referral seeds so that they are subconsciously going going to start thinking about us in a referral way. And anytime they refer us, then we have something to go from and we can continue to build on that habit that we're trying to get them to start and to maintain and to continue. So it's not magic, but it's just these two pieces that come together and you can't really have it work without both pieces. And the one is, is how we take care of our referral sources and create an experience for them with this outreach, memorable, meaningful, top of mind, all about them. And the second piece is the language then that we use that moves us into their subconscious, that gets us into their thought process so that when they're having conversations with people, you're going to bubble up and those problems that people have, they're going to be more tuned into listening to them. And not because you said, here's what people say when they need my service. That's not what we're doing here. When you take care of people, because we don't today, and that's a problem, we're experience deprived and we don't take the time to take care of people who have the ability to take care of our business. So when we take care of them and when they feel cared for and the opportunity is there, they will always refer you. And in some cases, they'll get into the habit of referring you that they'll even know the questions to ask when somebody says, like when I was talking to that mom in the bookstore, right? I have referred a lot of people to my bookkeeper before I did what I do now is training people on referrals. I was a business and productivity coach. So talking to business owners, we had a conversation about their finances and why aren't you outsourcing that? So my bookkeeper did an amazing job always taking care of me. So when an opportunity arises, I'm asking the questions. When she said the first thing about financials, I didn't think about anything else. I thought, oh my God, you got to talk to my bookkeeper because that language is there and taking care of them is there. It's those two pieces together that actually makes this process work. So it's not magic, but it doesn't work without both of those two pieces. So Stacy, we've talked a lot of the elements in the referral side, but you mentioned language. What are some of the elements involved in this language? So I think what we need to make sure we understand about this language and inside my program, it's called planting seeds. We're planting referral seeds, which means we're not trying to make a massive explosion happen from one thing we say or do, right? I always tell folks that referral explosion that you want by following this referral generating plan, it starts usually as a trickle and then it snowballs and starts to build on itself. And so when you think about language, it's the exact same way. It's going to start with some trickles and some planting of seeds and that you're going to water over time. And then eventually, right, you'll produce the fruit that you're looking for. And not with everyone. I mean, some people you can plant seeds with and it's going to fall on dry ground. It just is because not everybody actually thinks from a referral mentality. We all have the ability to, we don't all use it that way. So here's the best example I can give you to see how language works. And instead of giving you an example from a touch point perspective, let me give you one that everybody can use probably the same day they're listening to this episode. So let me ask you, Craig, when somebody says to you, how's business without hearing anything we've talked about so far, what is typically the response you receive when someone says, how's business? Everything's great. Everything's positive. 
yeah, everything's good. Everything's busy, right? We use words like great or busy. And it maybe if we're being honest, we're like, oh yeah, not so great, right? <laughs> but most of the time we're going to say it's great or it's busy. Okay. So this is a perfect opportunity. And this is one of the things I talk about inside my book, because I think this is the opportunity. Again, this is a one little tiny seed we're planting. We don't know where it's going, but the more you use this language with people you meet who ask you the question, how's business? When you use this language, I want to give you, it allows them to start thinking about you differently. And with the right people, it'll open up a conversation. So Craig, when you say to me, Hey, Stacy, how's business? My response isn't going to be just, hey, it's great, right? It'll actually be, thanks so much for asking. Actually, business is great. I just onboarded three new clients last week and they all came to me by referral, which just makes my work so much fun to help people who show up ready to do what I want to help them with, right? Or something to that effect. But the idea here is to say, hey, it's great. I just brought on two new clients by referral, I love getting referrals because of what it says about my business or business is great. I looked back over the course of last year, like say it's 2019. I looked back over my business in 2018 and 50% came through referral. Isn't that amazing? Or I got a client recently by referral. It's that language we want to use. In this case, it's the use of the word referral. That's not the only language we use. That's not of the dozens and dozens of scripts that we have inside the program. That's not the only word we use, but the use of that word referral in an environment with someone who doesn't really know you or knows you and it's just asking that question, how's business? Because you guys are going to talk about it. It gets them thinking about you differently. Stacy, thank you so much for sharing so openly this referral side of the business and uncovering a whole new sector that I hadn't looked at it that way. And the positive potential of referrals is gigantic and definitely worth investing a lot of energy and time into. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I believe everybody should have a right to know how to generate referrals without asking. So it's a pleasure to be able to share this with your listeners. It's a fantastic topic and we need more. So tell me about how do we engage with your processes and what else do you have to offer the listener audience? Absolutely. So my home base where they can find me is always at stacybrownrandall.com. And Stacy is spelled with an E. So stacybrownrandall.com. That's my home base. But I also have a book that recently came out. It's brand new in October of 2018, and it's called Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. So you can buy that book anywhere books are sold, online or in bookstores. But the best place for people to get started to kind of understand how good are you? I mean, truly, how good are you at generating referrals without asking? What are your abilities and your skills? Is I have a great nine-question quiz. It's called the Referral Ninja Quiz. It's a great nine-question quiz that helps you understand where are you in your ability to generate referrals. And you can find that at stacybrownrandall.com forward slash quiz. I always tell folks that's a great place to start to kind of understand, hey, where am I? Am I at the beginning level or am I at the master level of generating referrals? And then of course, if you want to learn more and move yourself from a beginner to a master, if you're not at the master level, then of course, I've got my programs, Growth by Referrals and one-on-one coaching I do with that as well. But let's get started by just understanding where you stand first. That's the best place to get started. Our guest today has been Stacy Brown Randall, author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. You can learn more about Stacy as well as find links to her quiz and excellent resources on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. 
please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.